everyone, and welcome to Pure Dead Gaming episode 100. <laughs> Jess and Craig here with a non-special special episode to mark the occasion. Um, Every episode special, Jessica. That is true. It is now December though, so we are going full festive and discussing some Christmas games in this week's episode, as well as reviewing Die Hard 2, the first instalment in our Christmas movie reviews. Because it is a Christmas movie. There's been discourse on Twitter, and it is a fucking Christmas movie, as is the first one. Okay, thanks for that clarification. Uh, We will, of course, offer you this week's gaming news, pick of the week, trophy, shite, blah, blah, blah. Stop burying my section. Sorry, sorry. You'll never get that achievement for that trophy. Oh, no. (laughs) What do we get for 100 episodes? Is there any sort of platinum for that? No. We should really get a platinum trophy, shouldn't we? I don't know. What qualifies as a significant achievement in the episode? Well, I still think we should world. have a fucking letter for the Queen. Right. But she's fucked it's off and done as a turn. So, not overly happy about that. We could have framed that. We could have been the last person to get a letter from the old Right. But we're not. Anyway, so let's begin this week's episode. Yes, how are we? Fine. hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. A hundred times we've asked that question despite <laughs> living together <laughs> and knowing exactly how we fucking are. Although, to be fair, as I said before, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I come in on a Tuesday and it's not like I don't talk to you or anything like that, but like if stuff's happened, I'm just like, I don't know. I just Reserve. Kinda, <laughs> I just kind of keep it to myself because yeah. I'm like I, don't, like, I don't know, I feel like... The bit we do at the start, with me, you, Andy, and stuff like that, it's just a general chat. It's not, there's nothing, like, it's not rehearsed or anything like that, do you know what I mean? So, like, I, I would feel weird if I, if it was a story that I'd already told you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It feels weird getting to... It's not even just that. It's not just a hundred episodes. It's a hundred weeks. Consecutive episodes. We've Aye. never missed a week since we started, so, yeah. We've that... never missed a Thursday. yeah. A hundred Thursdays in a row. Yeah, and I suppose I just, I would like to give a personal shout out to everyone that listens to the podcast. Obviously, we said we have consecutively published an episode every week since we started. And I don't think we would have had the motivation to continue had it not been for the feedback and the interaction and messages, etc. that we receive you know, off the back of our episodes. So I don't know if you've been a listener right from the start, you've joined at some point along the way or even if you just dabble in the odd episode like we really appreciate you listening and i find it mad that people listen to us i mean we do talk a lot you talk a lot of shite uh, well i don't think i'm alone there i think that i think i've got two accomplices well, that's i might true. talk the most shite yeah but i i just i do i find it mad like i don't know when we first started this i figured that i would get 10 listeners or something like that but to see listeners in the hundreds and yeah. like it's just i don't know obviously yeah. we are still small time but i don't know the fact that we've we've came as far as i, I did not expect that i expected to be cancelled by now as well i'm a bit disappointed by that <laughs> I feel, like, feel like folk are slipping nobody's grasped me into the right person yeah no, that's true but yeah we do look forward to continuing to play games talk games for the foreseeable and hitting the next milestone when we maybe will get a platinum. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. And on a, a quick series note, I know we we do have some listeners that are going through some difficult stuff at the moment and so 
without naming names, shout out to them. You're you're all part of our sort of gaming family, and we hope everyone is well during the festive period. Indeed. Okay, enough of the sentimental shit. Let's. Uh... Right, let's get back to fucking people off and annoying everybody. <laughs> Don't like being nice. Games for dogs, Craig. There's a startup company called Joypaw, I want to say. J-O-I-Paw. They have developed, it was in the news this week, some sort of lick-resistant touchscreen that can be controlled by a snout, like your dog's snout, and they've made games for dogs. What kind of games? So I think there was like whack-a-mole and... You know, basic things, but they're they're saying that maybe it's going to help with like canine dementia, but also gaming for dogs when they're bored at home when you're out. Why not gaming for cats? Maybe it's applicable to cats too. I I'd didn't like to think read so. the full article till the end. I just saw the headline skimmed. Cats being the smart, <laughs> the smarter of the two animals. Well, maybe. Oh, I did also see a cat video. You know how I follow various cat accounts on the the socials. Yes. Um. And you know how you get like little snooker tables, like table sized ah, ones? Yeah, the little travel ones. Yeah, somebody was like, This is your sign to get one for your cat. And the cat was loving just fucking putting all the balls. Putting all the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, He would go mental for something like that. Yeah. It's always that we see with pets. I, I mean, it's years and years since I've had a dog, so my experience is mostly with cats, but it's always. The thing you don't expect. Like, I don't know. I've had, over the last 20 years, I've had two cats and I've went through, oh, I'll buy them a nice wee bed and I'll buy them a scratching post and I'll buy them whatever. And he just looks at you like, fuck off, mate. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I've got bubble wrap over here and that box that the thing you bought me in looks grand. I'll have that and all. <laughs> no, it's never the thing that you buy for them. Like, I just, you give up. You're like, ah, like, I could buy our cat Rory the comfiest little bed in the world and he's still sleeping on my chest. I've seen hanging egg chairs for cats and I'm like, oh, how cute would that be he if I got one it. to go next to mine? But no, nah, he wouldn't. I've tried to put him in the egg chair you've got multiple times because yeah. I thought it looked cute and he freaks out. Yeah. See, because the chair moves, he absolutely freaks. He's not for it at all. But no, that's cool. Mm. It was be good. Maybe, I wonder who the first dog to get a platinum will be. That'd be interesting. We could interview that dog on there in episode 200. Right, okay, we'll schedule that in. On first dog. <laughs> first, first dog. First dog that gets a platinum <laughs> and a thousand G. If you want to be in a future episode also and be featured as listener of the week. Do something good. Well, what I was going to say is Spotify Wrapped is due to hit anytime soon. Oh yeah, I saw that. So this Hi. is your, if you, if you are on Spotify app, Every year they bring out Wrapped and it kind of collates all your listening and gives you your like top whatever, top songs yeah. listened to, top albums, top podcasts. If we feature, hit us up. Get that, get us tagged. If, if we are there, let us know and you could be even a listener of the week. Well, that, it's funny you say that because remember last year there was quite there a was. few people that were like emailing us and stuff like that being like, look, you're my top podcast for the year. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, aye, listen of the week. Trophies yep. are up, 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 for, for up for grabs. Yep. Uh, what about the kids at the weekend? 
<laughs> with a with a couple of a kid incidents. I've, I've often sort of said in this podcast, never have kids. Uh, and there was a couple of moments this weekend. It's cute, don't get me wrong, it is cute, but you just think, what am I doing here? What am I doing? Mm. Erin, trying to say count. Yeah, so obviously she's primary two. I don't know what the equivalent of that is in England, apologies. She's set five, six. Um, they don't get fucking properly taught down there anyway, I don't think. <laughs> I don't even think they've got a structure for right, that. You just mentioned how you don't want to be cancelled, Craig. Come on. Right. Um, so yeah, if we were doing her reading book with her that she got given from school and she's trying to spell out the word count uh-huh. and you can hazard a guess at what came out. I'm walking through the living room and all I hear is k k k cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> please, please sort that before she goes to school. Yeah, uh, she's probably done it at some point, and the teacher's just been like, "Well, remember during lockdown with Nathan." Like, we had to basically get them to read, but we had to record it so the teacher could, like, assess their reading. And the word that he stumbled over was cookbook. And he said, cockbook. And so I had this, like, on recording. And I'm like, oh, shit, we have to send this to his teacher now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there was that. And then also... One of his mum's cockbooks. Yeah. Also... Uh, Nathan had some friends over, they were upstairs, were playing Cuphead, they had Mario Kart out, a little gaming afternoon that they had, right? Yeah, so usually, usually I'm pretty proud of them, but this, yeah. this calamity. And then next thing, they come down to the living room with two chess boards, yeah. and I'm like, what are you doing? We're going to play chess. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's a, a good thing to be able to play Lots of problem solving required, etc. So, um, and then I think one of them was still upstairs and so was kind of late to enter the room. And he was like, Oh, what are we doing? And they, Nathan was like, Oh, we're going to play chess. And he just comes out with, I love chess. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just absolutely buckled. And it was, and then they're like, What are you laughing at? <laughs> Like, obviously, you can't say to their face, this is hilarious. Yeah. Why he's playing chess? I'd fucked off to the conservatory to play the Xbox just to stare at their hair. And I could hear the conversation going on. And obviously, I knew you were through here, so we hadn't seen each other's face. But I was like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Why are they down here with a chessboard? And I'm like, just going over it in my head, disgusted, absolutely disgusted. And I was like, Jess is taking this pretty well. She's not laughed at all yet. And then as soon as that wee boy just went, I love chess. I just heard... <laughs> And then you just came through because you had to basically cover your face and oh, run out the like room. like crying of Aye. laughter. It was really bad. And run out the room. <laughs> so, yeah, we did get a few listeners write into us about their favourite moments from the podcast so far. So, regular listener Flying Taco says, either Andy going arse first through a windscreen or Craig's beef with the Greg's worker, you two should have a reality show. That would definitely get us cancelled. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm an idiot at the best of times, but if there was a camera following me about, I would feel pressured Mm -hmm. and I would have outbursts. Uh, Alex said, Craig trying to talk a listener into getting a girl he liked drunk on pure dead love. Yeah, that wasn't one of my finest moments. (laughs) No. 
It worked, but that guy got a date, did he not? Yeah. Was that another one? We sort of retired that segment because f- we're just not equipped to be given advice. I don't oh, no, think. I'm well equipped for it. Anyone right. wants love advice, batter in. I'll get these old dates. <laughs> I'm getting married in a month. I'm, if, so you think? I work. Like, I'm proof that it works. My partner and my ideas work. Uh-huh. I can reel them in like fucking fish. Well, don't be dealing anyone else in. I'm your one true love, am I not? Aye. Right. I'm just saying for other people. James said, Oliver, he said, I'm not listening, I'm not saying this to get a shout out, but this is my favourite weekly podcast. Thanks, James. That's nice. That's nice. And Mark also said he really likes the movie reviews, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, The Room, so many laughs. Thanks for putting yourself through that. I genuinely enjoy putting myself through that. I love mm. a shit film. Yes. Some of them. Aye, no, there's, <laughs> there's limits. There's, aye, that fucking one that you liked was one of the worst things. I still have nightmares about that. Was it the one with Statham? Meatloaf, that one. Oh, and the no, name of the king. No, that one was alright. That one had prostitutes and stuff in it. In the name cool. of the king. In the name of the king, aye. Yeah, that was, that was fucking torture. But like, when a film's really bad, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't personally see how people could watch The Room and not be entertained by how mm. bad that is. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, you're welcome. Indeed. Okay, so it's been a busy old week in terms of the games that we've been playing, so let's just get into that, shall we? Yep. I have been playing what I would say are the two best football games of the year. Oh, it's World Cup time. R.I.P. Pez. R.I.P. Pez. <laughs> and fuck FIFA. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it's neither of those. It's neither of them. Wow. I would say these are certainly the two football games I have had the best time with this year. And it's, I was going to say it's mad that they've came along in the same week, but I guess they probably did time them for the World Cup. And one of them has been out for a while on another platform, to be fair. But, um, yeah, the first one is Soccer Story, which is like a sort of football RPG. I believe it might, I'm not sure if it's by the same people that made Golf Story, but it's a little bit Animal Crossing like. But a football game. Well, yeah, so. <laughs> Do explain. Yeah, so. It starts off and it's kind of pixelated graphics, but it's nice. Like the actual world itself is some of it is, I think it's all pixelated, but it's, it's nicely rounded off at edges and stuff like that. It's again, even graphically, I would say a little bit animal crossing. Um, and you start off, you play, you score a goal in a football match and then all of a sudden everything goes to carnage and then you end up as a wee boy in a house and you find out that football has been banned. There's an evil guy who has just, who's, I think he's the mayor or something like that, and he has banned football in all the lands because of the calamity. And that's all they'll refer to this thing as. They just, you you don't know what it is that's happened. It's just, they keep saying that no one can play football again because of the calamity. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny because they keep bringing it up. It's just like, 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 so you have a, as a wee boy, your dad played in this game and he's been missing ever since. And so you're a wee boy in this, at the start, this ball comes flying, magic ball comes flying through your window 
and then it disappears out back out the window and you have to go and follow it and you're obsessed with football but anytime you're trying to like talk to people and be like can we maybe get football going again they'll be like we can't because of the calamity (laughs) it's just really funny and so yeah you basically go about and you do quests for people it's a lot of kind of fetch quests and different stuff like that you're trying to build a team to then start a kind of grassroots football and then move up through that um, so the gameplay got, isn't necessarily playing football. You do play some football matches, but I would say that's not the large part of it. Like for the okay. most part, it's a wee RPG, okay. and you're going about. And so you do most of the things that you do with a football. You've got a button that you can press that makes the football appear, and then you'll kick that in directions to like activate like doors or to like collect stuff, uh, different things like that. And so you. To start with, you have to go and recruit players for your team. And so you have to do like little missions for them. Like they'll say, Oh, well, if you need that, I'm, I'm actually the janitor now. And then so I need all the rubbish picked up before you can, before I'll join your teams. Then you go and you do that wee side mission. You do all this different kind of stuff. It's just really charming. It's really, really fucking charming. Unfortunately, the worst part of it is the football. Okay. It's not terrible, but it's absolutely not great. Like, the goalkeepers pretty much save everything. It even says during the tutorial uh, to score, sometimes you will have to wear down the goalkeeper and so you're just battering shots off his face until he doesn't get up fast enough to, so you can put it in the net. <laughs> what I have found is shooting from distance tends to help more. Uh, close up, they'll save literally everything. Uh, but I mean, I would honestly say, like football, the actual in time playing the match is is a small percentage of the game. It is more an RPG. Like you go about and you get different. Like I think I keep getting different boots, which let you access different areas. Um, and I've just reached the beach, which is like a new area, and I get to you can go fishing, you can do like it's all this sort of stuff. It's 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 very kind of Animal Crossing so far. <laughs> uh, one of the first things I had to do was get a pensioner team to play again, and so uh, there's referees who are like almost like security guards, and they wouldn't let me into the pet old age pensioners' home, so I had to find a way to sneak in. And then when you sneak in, you're asking them if they'll play football again. And so they've all been, oh, well, I would play football, but uh, I need an energy drink because I'm too old. So you've got to go and get an energy drink for one of them and then you've got to go and get something else for another one and stuff like that. It's just really cool. Is it? Are you playing it on the Switch? I'm playing it on Xbox, but it is on the Switch. Okay. It's on everything that released today as the day of recording, 29th. Uh, and it's on Game Pass, actually. Um, hmm. We got a code through last week. I've only had a chance to play maybe three hours or so of it. I reckon it's about a 15-hour game. But it's it's brilliant. It really is good. Very, very good. Uh, I saw the embargo lifted today and I saw the reviews seem to be all over the place. Like For the most part, I'm seeing kind of 8s, 8 out of 10. But then there was one website that gave it like a 4 and just said it was crap. And I'm like, I don't know where you're coming from. But I mean, this is a good, fun game. Mm-hmm. And especially the fact that it's on Game Pass. Like I would recommend everyone check it out. Okay, you said there was two football games, so... Yeah, the other one is it sort of flips it the actual football gameplay is fucking brilliant this one is called retro goal 
and it's by New Star Games. They've had a couple of games previously. So they started off as like a mobile developer. They had like a New Star Manager and stuff like that, where you did, you always got to, you, you never controlled all of the game in these type of games. It was always like, almost like a kind of, you would control the highlights. Do you know what I mean? Rather than play the full game. And I think initially okay. it was like that because it's on mobile. Mm. And so, and the, the first game they had out, it was like every time there was a chance, it would bring it to the player and you would like use the touchscreen to like use your power and have shots and stuff like that. And it was quite basic, but it was fun. Um, then they sort of evolved from that into an American football game, which was called Retro Bowl. Uh, it was really good. And again, with that, you only played when you were on the attack and you didn't play the defence. And this is that, but with back into football. Um, and it's fucking brilliant. It's honestly absolutely brilliant. Graphically, it looks like FIFA International Soccer that came out in 1993. They okay. <laughs> purposely went for that aesthetic and it looks... Fuck- I mean, it's called retro... Aye, you know what I mean? but it's so... it's so nostalgic. Okay. But it's fucking brilliant. I think it's been out for a wee while on mobile, but I'm pretty sure with that there'll be sort of microtransactions. But on the Switch, which is out on now, it's like £4. And honestly, it's so addictive. I think I've been playing it for three days now. I've easily put 10 hours into it. Okay. I can't put it down. Um, again, similar to the American football version, all you're doing is controlling, for the most part, when you're on the attack. So if people have played Football Manager before, you'll see, and you've got it set to just commentary, You'll stuff will come up and you'll see what's happened in the game, but you won't actually be controlling it. And sometimes you'll concede goals, which there's nothing you can do about. But then it'll come up and it'll be like, right, it's your turn for the attack. And so... It will start and you've got the ball in a certain area of play and everything's frozen and you choose who you're going to pass to first and that's when the gameplay will kick off. Mm -hmm. And so you can dribble, you can accelerate, you can do all this sort of stuff, but whenever you go to pass or shoot, everything goes into like really slow motion so that you've got time to pick your pass and pick your shot. And there's something about the way they do that that's literally just perfect. It's perfect. Like, no other football game has had this mechanic down as well as this, where... And it's obviously initially been done because it's on mobile, I think. But... So, your players will be making a run, and if you see a guy and you're like, right, he's going he's gonna to beat that defender you can start to aim your shot. And as you aim your shot, everything slows down and you've got that little bit of time to pick the perfect pass and for the players to run onto it, you can get bend on your shots. Honestly, it's fucking excellent. <laughs> Each match you win, you get coins, which I, I presume on Switch, you're probably getting more coins than you would on mobile because on mobile it's free yeah. and they'll probably be wanting you to buy coins or whatever, but there's no such problem with that on the Switch version. Um, you're getting plenty of coins. You can upgrade your training facilities you can buy players sell players different stuff like you start in the lower leagues you get offers for um for bigger teams and stuff like that luckily because we come from a small town i was able to actually start with my hometown (laughs) well from the beginning and i've had offers to move to other clubs but i'm like nope taking them to the top 
but yeah, I would highly recommend it. It would be... It's the best sports game I've played this year. Bold statement from Craig. Honestly, anyone that's got any interest in football, if you have a Switch, £4, pick up this game. See, if you're sitting watching the World Cup and having a Switch on, you'll honestly, you'll get hooked. I, (laughs) I cannot imagine anyone that likes football not enjoying this game. I can't recommend it high enough. I'll have a review of it pretty soon. Okay, okay. I have also played more Pentiment, and I don't really have much more to say about it. I just, it's just still really charming. Like every, I didn't get a chance to go back to it for about four or five days. So it was on Sunday. Um, We were just sitting on the couch, and I played like an hour of it Uh, because I was worried that with such a narrative heavy game, because I hadn't played for four or five days, I was like, I don't want to leave it any longer than that because I'll start to forget what I've got ongoing at the time because yeah. there's, there's characters that I'm trying to like work out their motivations and stuff like that and I don't want to forget who's who and what's going on because um, your memory is like a servant it's pretty bad I mean don't get me wrong you've got like an in-game glossary and stuff like that that keeps okay. you up to date but still mm. uh, I am I'm pretty fucking bad with stuff like that but it's just yeah it just remains fucking excellent I was talking on Twitter to Lewis from the Crossplayers and he'd mentioned that he'd sort of bounced after about an hour um, and I can totally understand that like I've said before in previous weeks like I can the, the first two hours are a bit of a a bit of a slog while they build the world and there's not really much going on and it's really really fucking deep into religious narrative and stuff that I have no fucking interest in but I do find that that all really does a good job of building the world for what comes after it. Mm. Uh, like I said last week, and I can totally understand people that have sort of chucked to early doors. Like, there's so many good games just now that it's like, well, if it's going to take two hours to get good, I don't have fucking two hours. And I, I do totally get that. But, like, I wonder, it was Lewis had said, like, if it had voice acting, maybe I'd have stuck with it, but yeah. I'm just not fucking reading all that. Mm. And he's right. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to experience. But I was wondering, there was a game called Disco Elysium and I wasn't really aware of it. It was on PC at first and it got great reviews. But it was similar when a lot of people were like, I'm not fucking reading all that. And it got a console release, came to PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. And when it did, it was called Disco Elysium, the complete edition or something like that. And it was fully voice acted for this complete edition and I have played a little bit of that and while I haven't finished it I do plan to go back to it and see the voice acting in it it's absolutely superb like really really good and it got me thinking when Lewis had said that I wonder if this will get that treatment Mm. I could really see them looking at it going right anyone that played this game right through has loved it but we did have a lot of people trying it out and not getting very far. And we've seen online that a lot of the criticism is because it's not voice acted. Let's do a complete edition. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think like, it is an additional expense for developers to obviously cast some people to do the voice acting. And, you know, if it's just not in their budget, then... You know, it is something perhaps at times that that can get missed, although I suppose the intention for this game was maybe not that. But another one that kind of springs to mind for me, well, two actually, is Disney Dreamlight Valley Mm. and Animal Crossing. Like, they're both targeted at kids. And 
in some cases like quite young kids are playing yeah. these games and I, I just think that they're they're missing a bit of a trick there because you know children don't have the ability to read some of that stuff and with the likes of Disney Dreamlight Valley like they've it's strange because they actually have voice acted some of it but then there's a you know when you go and speak to a character like there is a lot of text I'm like why have you not just voice acted this like I know your audience uh-huh and like you've already paid them part you know some of the actors partly to voice it so yeah it's an interesting one though i think probably budget constraints are a huge part of it yeah i mean pentiment was made by a small team within obsidian so i think that would have been a concern but obviously they are funded by microsoft as well Mm. so i do think if they then like look back with hindsight and go right that was maybe more of an issue than we thought it was going to be I could definitely see them mm-hmm. a year down the line. And it would also f- almost feel like a new release. Yeah. Again, if they needed to sort of fill a gap. Um I can I could see it happening. Yeah. Because I do, it, because I do it, honestly, with Disney Dream Like Valley as well, like when the full release comes out, like will there be more? As they well? should. They yeah. definitely should. Because yeah, it's interesting, there's a good point there you made about especially with with Animal Crossing, like obviously it's not exactly hurt sales or anything like that. The thing's a fucking juggernaut, but at the same point, like, I mean, I know certainly, like, our daughter, if that was voice acted, she would have played it a lot more because mm. there's so many times she gets frustrated. I mean, she's five years old. She's learning to read, but it's a lot. But Do you know what I mean? But she doesn't know the word. Aye, but she's just running about calling her a cunt. <laughs> and, like, she, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot for her. And, like, mm. see, when you're learning to read, having to read during a game is fucking work. Mm-hmm. It's like work. Mm-hmm. Like the first two hours of Pentiment felt like work. <laughs> and I can read, barely. But, like, she would have played more of that. Yeah. It's just that she got frustrated. Because she didn't know what she was uh-huh. doing because she couldn't read. <laughs> yeah. And she'd be coming up to us, what does that say? What does that say? And then eventually, after five minutes, we'd be like, Erin, I, I don't have time just now. I'm trying to do the dishes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And she'd be like, oh, and she'd just, then she'd give up with it. Mm. Whereas if I actually said it to her, she would have known. Yeah. Like, go and get a fish. That's all you... Right, I know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I can see that maybe. I can see that coming down the line, I think. Uh, and I've played more God of War, also Evil West, and a little bit more Geometric Sniper. But I don't really have much else to say about them from last week. God of War is still fucking really, really good. Essentially, I mean, I'm not the, famously, not the biggest God of War fan, and it's weird, like, whenever I play it, I'm loving it. But see, when it's not on, I don't have that, oh, I need to get back to... Mm. Like, I don't know, like, on Sunday, I was really excited to put Pentiment on and, like, get further on the story. And, like, I've been hooked on Retro Goal and, do you know what I mean? Like, stuff like yeah. that. Whereas God of War, I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll stick it on. And then as soon as I stick it on, I'm like, this is fucking excellent. This is really fucking good, but I don't have that desire to stick it on. Like I'm going to complete it and stuff like that, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. And it's a, I think it's a much better game than 2018. Mm. Um, but I don't know. There's just something that's not pulling me to it before I put it on. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Mm-hmm. So I have finished Somerville, which, to be fair, should have been finished some time ago because it is just a short two and a half hour game um we've been quite busy to be yeah fair. i know yeah. um 
I'm not sure now that I've finished it how I feel about it, to be honest. Like, I really enjoyed the gameplay. It's my type of kind of sit-on-the-couch, yeah. you know, handheld. Um, yeah, because you were playing it on the GameStar. Yeah, next to uh, or for the most part, I did yeah. have it on the big screen at times. Um, yeah, it's the story that I'm just a bit like, eh. um But obviously I can't really divulge too much about I don't want to the it. ending, but I was left a bit what the fuck, what is going on? But I think a lot of these kind of games do, I don't know, put the onus on you to interpret how yeah. you feel about the ending. Um, I feel like Limbo and Inside did that yeah, as well. Yeah, both very similar. Because, um, yeah, it got to a point where, I don't know, I thought, all right, this must be coming to the end, but then it took a turn, and I was like, wait, what? Like, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, I, I it's one of these ones, you know, it's a short game. If it's your type of game, then play it. I enjoyed the, the mechanics of, like, the character's abilities mm-hmm. and things like that. The art style was really nice. Um, you're, you're definitely not alone in that, talking about, like, the ending being weird. Like, mm-hmm. that is a sort of common thing that I've heard from people that have played it. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing I'd ask, because just because you've played them quite recently, like, so... Limbo and Inside, it's not made by the same team, but one of the creators of yeah, the studio right. that made Limbo and Inside created the studio that has now made yep. this game. Um, do you think, do you think it's on the same level or is it like it, it's got a low, much lower Metacritic score than these, than those two games? But I wonder how much of that is it's the same formula again. Yeah. Or is it just not done as well as these two games? Or Yeah, I mean, initially my response to your question was going to be it's more of the same kind of thing. Because um, you play quite a few of these game, type of games this year, like Juggler's Tale as well. Mm, like, how does it stack up in terms of them? It, it's not my favourite, certainly. Uh, it's bottom of the pile. and I think, uh, But I think that is largely because of the story. Like, the first two-thirds I, I liked, but then, as I say, the end took a bit of an odd turn and i think maybe that's it i think like at this point there has been so many of those type of games that you almost need to do something different Mm. like i felt like juggler's tale did a really good job because like you had the strings to contend with so that was almost like something new in the mix and then i thought the the narrator was really good as well and central central to the story and that was something different and then obviously i know you've not played these ones but um the Little Nightmares games, like, they're just absolutely fucking brilliant. Like, and they're, they're similar style to that, but they're more horror related, but they're yeah. just, it's the, the atmosphere and the creepiness of it is just fucking incredible. Mm. Um, so yeah, is it just, is it just more of the same sort of? Yeah. It, it, the story is kind of about like an alien invasion as well, and that's probably not it's my, not bag. no, no. That's just mm. personal preference though, I think, more yeah. than anything, like, so yeah, make of that what you will. <laughs> and yeah, I'm also two hours into my 10-hour EA Play free trial of Need for Speed Unbound. Unbound, yeah. Unbound, yeah, I was like, is that the right word? Um, yeah, so, so far so good. It's got quite a kind of different art style to... Yeah, it's almost like half like hand drawn but it looks like graffiti almost yeah right? so it's kind of like colorful graffiti inspired effects mixed with 
realistic cars and environments. So, like, your... Oh, so the cars look real, the environments look real, but then the effects... Yeah, so, like, the fumes coming off your engine are, like, graphics. Right. But you can change the colour of them. I, I think you can turn it off as well, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's, there's. I think it sounds quite cool having that there, but I'm sure when they showed it off the first time, there was a few folk, were, well, a lot of folk that were like, fuck you and fuck that, and they were like, you can turn it off, turn it off. Yeah, probably it's quite divisive, to be honest, because um, it is a bit, a bit unique, but I think at the same time, they maybe have to do something like that because they there's so many of these games are going for realism and they, mm. they, they can't compete. Yeah. Like... So I think this just gives it a bit of a different edge, perhaps. Um, well, it looks unique, certainly. Exactly. Um, I, I liked it. Um, they've got a rapper on board as well, don't they? Is it ASAP Rocky? Uh, oh, I can't remember. It tells you who the track is, like as as it's playing. I, I didn't clock all of them, but yeah. I think maybe. if you go into story mode, he's like a fucking character in it or something like that. Oh, maybe. Um, I've completed the prologue, but I've not got too far into right. it um but yeah like as you'd expect there's lots of customizable options on your character on your car obviously i've got pg pdg plastered all over mine i've got a skull yes. and crossbones it's pink you know good. um good stuff indeed i was a wee bit disappointed there wasn't as as much hair styles as i would have liked that happens quite a lot <laughs> in these games like these specifically in racing games when you mm. get to make a character it's like you can be bald, you can have a buzz cut, you can have slightly longer hair, or you yeah. can have a girl's hair, or that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know, more of it's... No, because it is the full game I'm playing, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's not as if more of it's to come. You can... DLC. Yeah, DLC. You can... DLC haircuts. Unlock, and I think, I guess there must be some sort of in-game purchases as well to, like, get different outfits and shit like that. Should you so wish to spend your money on these things? In terms of, like... Gameplay, so controlling yes. the car. Like, obviously, I've not. I was putting a shift in today at work while you were playing this. I'm on annual leave, just to clarify. That's not part of my narrative. Right. Uh, so I've not seen the game in action. I do want to try it out, though. Like, does it handle well? Is yeah, it it's, it's arcadey. It's. Is it yeah. doing anything different? Is there, is there mm, anything you'd be like, oh, this is unique? No. No. Obviously, the cop chases make a return. Which I suppose is different to maybe some of the other competitors, um, but it's it's not hugely different to fucking GTA when you're trying to get away from the cops. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll finish a race, and then if the if you're being is it open world then? It's open world, yeah. Right, okay. Um, Every fucking racing game has to be open world these days. Yeah. Don't it? Do you sit and do you rev at uh, traffic lights to start races? Not always at traffic lights, I don't think. Um, Burnout but, used to do that. Yeah, but there's like, I don't know, similar to like Forza speed runs and things like that. Right, that looks um, like a little side things to do. Yeah, I think there's billboards perhaps. There's There'll be like stunts and things Aye. like that, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's not unique, it's another racer. Like, I'm probably going to play my 10 hours and then ditch it. I can't see me going too much further to be honest that's good i mean that's the thing like I, we spoke about this last week right so i mean granted you said you've only played two hours so maybe i don't know maybe the next hour gonna grip you beyond belief mm-hmm. or something like that but we spoke last week and we said that we thought it was perhaps a, a massive mistake i'll say <laughs> given a 10-hour trial of this game because 
a sizable percentage of people will not want to play it for more yeah. than 10 Yeah, I hours. mean, it, it comes out December 2nd and it's £65. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What is your thoughts to us then? Is that, were we right last week? Is that going to be a fucking huge issue? I mean, for me, and I, I enjoy racing games, but right. I'm probably not going to play too much. But I mean, th- there is a story, but it, it's the same kind of story as them all. You're right. a rookie to begin with, and you're trying to work your way up the ranks. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't feel like I'm going to be so desperate after the 10 hours if I've not got to that point yet to be like... Although, I, I, see, Erin caught me playing it, and she was like, oh, Mom, can I have a shot? She got busted by the cops and lost me $23,000. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to be careful when you yeah. enter stuff. Especially if your characters get cash on them because you'll just buy a fucking hat or something. Yeah. Um, and it is it is also next-gen only as well. It's only on oh, is it? PS5, Xbox, XS oh, and PC. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. Like like I say, like, see if it was a case of you had to have... I mean, so... The, this 10-hour trial is not just available to anyone. You have to have EA Play, mm-hmm. right, which is an EA subscription service. It's a really cheap one. It's £3.99 a month. So it's a, it's one that's well worth having. If you don't have it, I'd recommend it. But the problem is, so on PlayStation, certainly, you could argue that, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to reiterate it again. You could argue it's worth giving folk a 10-hour trial We'll maybe lose out on some sales because people will play for 10 hours and then they'll chuck it. But they'll have to sign up to EA Play. And one of the things that people do, this is how people end up with all these subscription services, is that you find something that makes you sign up and then you forget to cancel. <laughs> yep. It happens all the time. right? I've got hundreds of subscription services that I should have cancelled. I fucking haven't. I'm going to have to. I need to sit down. But I need to spend a day and I can't be fucked. Right? <laughs> so... I could understand it from that point of view. And you go, EA are going, right, well, we're going to get an extra couple of hundred thousand EA Play subscribers, so that'll Mm -hmm. be worth it, even if we do lose some sales. Mm -hmm. But the problem is on Xbox, EA Play comes as part of Game Pass. Mm -hmm. You have to imagine at this point that 95% of people that have an Xbox Series X or S have Game Pass. I would honestly want someone mentally evaluated if they had an Xbox series console and didn't have Game Pass. Like, literally, I wouldn't, I'm not I'm not been friends with you. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. So, anyone on Xbox, pretty much, is going to have automatic access to this 10-hour trial without paying any money whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just, who on Xbox is buying this game? Because even if you were like, aye, that was really good, I really like racing games, you'd be like, right, well, Forza's on Game Pass, Forza Horizon. And I haven't played this game, but I know it's not better than Forza Horizon. Yeah. It's just fucking not. It does have an online mode, so that could maybe hook you in. Maybe. If you want to play so with your pals. Forza Horizon. Um, Criterion also, though, confirmed online that Free Roam is only set to daytime at launch, so you can't play nighttime stuff. To begin with, for some that's reason. fucking odd, is it not? And I was like, "How? Why? What?" Need for, <laughs> need for Speed synonymous with nighttime yeah. neon racing, yeah. And so, surely the art style they're going for is way more suited to nighttime racing. I don't know. I so, think it said something about like the races and the meetup race playlist will have variable weather and time of day, but it's the free roam that you can't. You can only do it daytime. 
So... Fucking release games when they're ready. Yeah. But yeah, so good, not great. That's what we're saying. Another racing game. It's it's okay so far. Yeah. I'll try it out. <laughs> for up to 10 hours. Yes. And then I will not pay for it. Yes. Most likely. Strange. Okay. Right, so before we move on, I wanted to just do a wee section. This podcast is going to launch on the 1st of December, which even Scrooges have to concede is Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, we have started the festive period early. We have a tree to my left, glorious tree. We're even late putting it up, but that fucker goes up in November. Right? <laughs> but by the time this podcast launches, nobody can deny it's, it is the season. It is the season. Yes. And so I was thinking about Christmas games, mm-hmm. Christmas computer games, mm-hmm. and there's a real fucking lack of them. Oh, I'm sure out. there's plenty in the Do You Want Achievement for That Trophy segment. Oh, God, aye. Christmas, aye, there's loads of them. Loads of them. Jumping Santa, jumping yeah. snowball, jumping. <laughs> there's like, there's loads of like Brick Breaker ones as well. Like, oh, loads of them. But uh, they don't count. No, they do not they count. They do not count. So actual Christmas games, you've got a wee list for us? Well, yeah, but they're not, they're not necessarily, that's the thing, they're not necessarily Christmas games because there aren't necessarily Christmas games. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, that's surely a gap in the market, but then... It's timely. Yeah, you're not really going to sell that stuff all year round. But then I was thinking, well, you get plenty of Christmas films, but at the same point, like when you make a Christmas film, then five years, ten years, twenty years later, like folk will be like, oh, it's Christmas time, I'll buy that film. Whereas, like, films don't, movies don't degrade the way that games do, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. five years from now, somebody will be like, well, that's an old game. I'm not playing an old game. There's new games out there. I've got better physics, better graphics, better... Whereas with a film, it's like, oh, well, that's a film that still looks fucking HD. Yes. Okay, right. So what have you got for us then? Yeah. So most of these are just games that are set around Christmas. So there's Home Alone 2 on the NES, which we spoke about before. There's nothing really Christmassy about it, but Home Alone 2 is one of the all-time greatest <laughs> Christmas films. More on that later. So it's a fucking solid game. Absolutely solid. Mean Castles used to play it a lot when we were wee. And I just, I, I didn't think anyone had ever finished it. So I was looking it up the other day and I looked up a playthrough on YouTube. The game's 28 minutes long. Oh, wow. And uh, we spoke about this before, but this is what used to happen back in like the SNES era. Like games were not long; they were just brick hard, <laughs> and nobody could complete them. So that's where you got your longevity out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's one. I've also got down. This is possibly the best one, although it's not a game; it's just a small, small section. But Hitman, the most recent trilogy, they brought out free DLC uh, for the Paris map where you had to kill. The Sticky Bandits. <laughs> okay. So, it was just free. Like I say, it's available each Christmas. It may be available all year round, I'm not sure, but it's definitely available at Christmas and you've got to go. It's unofficial, so they don't look exactly I was going like to say, with the character models, nah, they can't, not they quite. Can't do right, that, okay. But it is, I'm sure they're called Harry and Marvin. They are called the Sticky Bandits. It's okay. fucking basically Home Alone, as much as they can get away with without getting sued. Okay. Which is fucking quality. Like, you can even, like... In the map, you can you can steal an outfit and dress up as Santa and then mm. kill them. Mm. Like, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. That might be the best one. Uh, other ones, I would say Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm. 
is set at Christmas. Um, one that I never thought of, but actually possibly along with the Hitman could be the best one, Animal Crossing. Mm, yeah. Like, uh, this will be the season. Now, if you go into Animal Crossing just now, you'll be like picking it. Everything will be seasonal. You'll be picking up yeah. Christmas decorations. You'll be putting trees up. You'll be getting presents. Like, yeah. Not necessarily a Christmas game, but it will be a Christmas game for the next two the next month. Yeah, that's true. I know because I remember Nathan was raging that he didn't have pumpkins. Uh, I must have picked up a pumpkin last year at some point, and he was like, "Mom, how have you got pumpkins in your world?" Um, and finally, he got one this year because obviously, yeah. But that's the thing; like, it yeah. becomes an Easter game, it yeah. becomes a Halloween yeah. game, a Christmas game. So that's possibly top of the list. Yep. Um, Batman Arkham Origins set at Christmas. Uh, there actually is a Christmas game. Now, I haven't had a chance to check this out, but I'm now off for a week, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about getting into Christmas spirits. So I'm going to check this game out over the next week. It's called Days Before Christmas. D-A-Z-E Before Christmas. That's not how you spell. No. Days. It's like that's in a days, for. I think. I don't know. Right, okay. But... Uh, <laughs> All I saw was it's a 2D platformer, but you actually are Santa. So that is possibly the closest thing to an actual Christmas game okay. I could find. So I'll be checking that out. Uh, and then, yeah, other ones are just like Dead Rising 4 set at Christmas, The Division set at Christmas. Um, but yeah, nothing really fully focused on Christmas. So I was going to open it up to the audience and just say, like, do you know of any Christmas games or what? games do you like to play at Christmas for mm. whatever reason and get in touch let us know and we'll discuss it again next week indeed and so I would say similar to the likes of Animal Crossing and stuff although it's been a long time I'm pretty sure the Sims have quite a lot of festive oh, items yeah. so that's maybe another you know if you wanted to make a you know put your Christmas tree up I'm pretty sure you could do that good shout good shout yeah and it's free to play now the Sims remember mm. So that would be another one. Yeah, but get in touch. Let us know uh, games you like to play during Christmas or Christmassy themed games. Hit us up. Okay, as always, I like to give a little plug to our website, puredeadgaming.com, which is where we post all our written content and links and all that jazz. Um, Craig, what do we have new on the website this week, please? Quite a lot, actually. We have an excellent Evil West review by Callum, a Godlike Burger review by Mark, a Gungrave Gore review by Terry, and later this week I'll have my review of Soccer Story and maybe Retro Glow as well. And maybe Somerville also. And if Jess gets off her ass, <laughs> Somerville as well. So far she's wrote it. Somerville. <laughs> Tomorrow, she's going to write review next to it. I know, but I'll have to edit this podcast tomorrow, so I don't know if I'll type. Uh-huh. to write review. <laughs> but yeah, lots coming to the website, and uh, we're going we're gonna to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Okay, time to move on to this week's news. News, news, always believe in the news. We are bringing you the news, but you're digging Okay, first 
up, the Federal Trade Commission could be poised to file an antitrust lawsuit against the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. The website cites three people with knowledge on the matter and claims that it would be the FTC's biggest move yet under Chair Lena Khan to rein in the power of the world's largest technology companies. It should be noted that the lawsuit is not yet guaranteed as the FTC's four commissioners have yet to vote out a complaint or meet with lawyers for the companies. Sony has been actively fighting against the acquisition as it claims the buyout would dramatically impede its ability to compete but we now know that Google has also opposed the move. In a recent filing on the matter, one of the gripes surrounding the deal stated, quote, Microsoft would control irreplaceable content that drives user engagement. Post-transaction, Microsoft would control Activision content that drives, then this bit's redacted, times as much as user engagement on PlayStation as all of the SIE's best-performing first-party titles put together. It's a story hard. that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna go for a while. It's the, I think the latest estimates are that this isn't gonna close if it does close until about the middle of next year. So there's gonna be a lot more to come. There has been I mentioned this a few times, but there's been there's little breadcrumbs come out of this story every single couple of days mm. and I think it's been about a month since we've discussed it on the podcast just because I'm fucking sick of talking about it <laughs> and I mean what can you say yeah. like there's only so much you can talk about I know there's little bits and oh Jim Ryan's fucking flown to Germany and fucking spat the dummy great like I'm, there's, what? yeah there's gonna be constant filings of paperwork and yeah, all that kind of stuff we can't, we can't just can. bore everybody every week with it but this was a sort of big move like the ftc getting involved to this level would be pretty big like i've listened to a few and read a few different things over the last week and it's interesting to hear quite a few people starting to be like you know this might not happen Mm -hmm. this might actually not happen now i am not of that mind like i've said from the start there's too much money involved. There's too many people that will get too rich for this not to go through. And I still firmly believe that is the case. If the FTC kick up a stink, then they'll look for concessions. They'll get concessions. Everyone will do well out it and it will go through. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine this not going through. I, I still can't. Like there's a lot of people now and analysts, like legal analysts, saying, "Oh, this 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 could be a major roadblock." And I think I'm not saying it couldn't be, and they know more than me. So I mean, it's every chance I'm talking at Mars or talking out at Tom, but I'd be stunned if this doesn't go through. What I I think the more interesting thing is how did Microsoft react after the way Sony of handled this mm. like they've got to be fucking raging if I was high up at Microsoft I'd be fucking raging because I'd be like just shut the fuck up like this I mean this would not have went this far if it wasn't for Sony digging their heels in so much mm. like there would still have been opposition to it and stuff like that but I, I don't believe it would have went this far if it wasn't for that and it's obviously worth it to Sony 
to fight tooth and nail for this. Like that's very in- that's a very interesting quote. I mean, the fact that it's redacted. <laughs> Microsoft would control Activision content that drives redacted times as much user engagement on PlayStation as all of SIE's first party titles put together. So that's saying that all the games Sony make, if you put all them together, that basically Call of Duty takes up X amount more times user engagement than all of those games put together. Yeah. That's how important this game is to Sony. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just Microsoft people think of Microsoft these days as oh they're this family friendly company. Look at this. Oh they're giving us Game Pass. Can you believe all this? Look how nice they are. Microsoft are a fucking cutthroat company. And they will lash out mm. at Sony. I mean, if this, for, if for some reason this deal didn't go through, like Sony will see it as a win, obviously. But I would be mega scared of the repercussions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If this doesn't go through, they'll be like, like I mean, think about it. Like, what they could turn around and do is, if this deal doesn't go through, they could go fine. We won't buy Activision, but. Your deal, your ex, uh, your deal for exclusive content on Call of Duty is up in three years. We're going to go and just give Activision a ridiculous amount of money to make Call of Duty exclusive. Mm. Fuck you. There's nothing you can do about that. Mm. Or we're just going to go and buy seven other studios for a third of the price that we're going to buy Activision for. Like, there's no way they won't lash out. And I don't. Whatever happens, I don't think it's going to be good. Okay. Horizon Call of the Mountain's mysterious protagonist, Reyes, Reyes, is a master climber from the Shadow Karja clan, although, quote, not as much as no... Not much is known about his appearance, according to an infographic released by Guerrilla Games. That... So, of course, because you are the character, you'll never actually see the character because you're going to roleplay as him with PSVR 2. We know that climbing is going to play an enormous part in the exclusive's action, so it makes sense it's one of the character's main skills. Quote, born to a noble Karja family, Rias is driven and skilled, although he has lost faith in himself, the blurb reads. After becoming a master climber during his youth, his time as a shadow Karja has also made him a capable fighter and machine hunter, adept with a bow. Yes, it's, this is the first sort of information on who you're going to play as. Makes sense that they're kind of a bit evasive about it because mm. the whole thing is supposed to be it's you. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting. I've never really heard the name Rias or Rias. Like, I wonder if they'll make it sort of ambiguous so that you can choose whether the character's male or female. Mm. That would be cool. Um, I don't, because we don't know if it's going to be like voice acted or like if it'll be a silent protagonist or whatever, but it'd be cool if you could do that. But like Far Cry, like you can choose like, I can't remember your, the name of your character was in Far Cry, but you could choose like a male or female version. They'd fully voice acted the whole game for both mm. so that you can be like, well, I want to be a female, I want to be a male. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool if they did that, but, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. You're obviously not going to get the points for it this year. You're going to choose it again next year? Oh yeah, I've got it on my, 
Yeah, pro- well, depends how my draft goes, eh? That's true. Somebody might pinch it. They might. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I want to play this game. I, I do, but I just worry about the VR element. You know, they're talking about climbing. I mean, how? I mean, I know there's been other games, but where climbing is involved, but I don't, I don't know. It just depends. Like, obviously, we won't know until we get our hands in the PSVR 2. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a much upgraded experience from even the quest mm-hmm. and so with the better like field of view with like all the kind of different with the upgrading graphics with stuff like that like it, it could feel much more comfortable and the movement could feel much smoother like it could be I, like, I, I don't know what it is that makes the motion sickness. Like, I, I do think, like, frame rate could be part of that. Like, yeah. sometimes it even just, you're maybe not noticing it, but maybe there is a slight drop in frames when you're moving. And so you're like, your, your eyes Aye. don't compute properly with the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly on the original PlayStation VR, that I, I'm sure that must have been a problem at some point. So I would like to think that with an upgraded experience, that hopefully that's less of an issue. Yeah, a bow and arrow sounds fun though. I'm up for that. Yeah, if they do it properly, if they manage to nail it. Okay, so we talked about this game already, but in the lead up to Need for Speed Unbound, the game's official Twitter account had taken on a bit of an edgy approach to fit the game. This included a cheeky response to fans giving them stick. Well, that that has all stopped now after the account tweeted the following on Wednesday last week. They said, we admit we got a bit caught up in the hype for launch and some of our recent social media replies crossed the line. To those fans, we upset, we apologise, we will do better. See you here next week. Yeah, I was really disappointed to see this. Like They weren't even that edgy. Like It was some fucking wee guy messaged them being a dick and they basically just made them look like a knob and... <laughs> folk were annoyed about it and then they apologised. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I was disappointed to see the apology personally. Like they had it's not like they they it was something to do with they released like a new trailer and also said that the whatever if you bought the whatever edition you would get it three days early. And someone had replied been like, Oh, you think that's fucking what what's so great about that? Is that what fans really wanted? I and they were like, we're talking about the trailer. It's what fans wanted. Three day early access happens in loads of games. You can simply buy the normal version and play it on Friday. Mm-hmm. Or the 10 hour trial that we're giving you for free. Uh, and then the guy wrote some big spiel having a go. Oh, you should not, you, you should be nicer to me. You shouldn't be saying stuff like this. That's basically what he said. And then they responded something like, um, congratulations or sorry to hear that or whatever appropriate response to that long thing you read there, because I'm not reading it. It was just a cheeky response, yeah. and somebody's kicked off about it. Like, fuck off. The response should have been, we realise people are a bit annoyed about our recent social media. Fuck off. And loads of people would have respected them for it. The amount of shit they have to put up with from fucking entitled wee knobs. Yes. The day you get a, resp- a fucking tweet like that off at us apologising for something is the day I fucking burn this podcast to the ground. 
As 2022 draws to a close, we still have no update on a release window or even a year for Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga. Thanks to a post on Twitter, though, we do now know that the mocap has been completed. This is an indication that the game may finally be ready to see the light of day in 2023. Maybe. Maybe. Just when you're reading it out there, like, I just... In my head, just appeared that Titanic meme where it's like it's been eighty four years. <laughs> this fucking game, man. I'm looking forward to it, but it just feels like it's been forever. I think it was announced in no, maybe it was announced in 2020, but I think it's been on. It's been ongoing since like 2018. Like, come on, to fuck. I know there's been a pandemic and stuff, but Jesus Christ, I could have learned coding and made a fucking game by now. It need this game needs to come out. They need to maybe we'll see the game awards. Like I mean you can do you can make a game in many different ways. Maybe the mocap's done first, maybe it's mm. one of the later things to get done. Like it's not really much of a indication, but surely to God. I remember in twenty twenty one people getting annoyed at me on Twitter. When I said I don't think the game will release this year, and folk were like, "Oh come on, it's twenty twenty one, of course it will," and here we are, a ball here away for twenty twenty three, and we haven't even had a confirmation of the year that it's coming out. So we need to hear something soon. For the love of God. Yeah. Okay. So we're just past Black Friday week, but PlayStation still has a pretty good end of year sale on the go. Here are a few titles that jumped out to us. So Resident Evil Raccoon City Edition, that includes Resident Evil 2 and 3, including the PS5 upgrades, that's $12.49. Sonic Frontiers is $38.49, but I actually have seen that physically elsewhere for like $29. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Why would anybody fucking buy a game day one now? I know. Do you know what I mean? It's dropped so quickly. Like, that game came out, what, the day before God of War? Yeah. The 8th of November that came out, and this is the 29th, and yeah. it's half price. Yep. Fucking hell. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, that's one of my favourites. I enjoyed that. It's 19 Tomb Raider, Definitive Edition, 3 and a wee cheapy Dead Island, Definitive Edition, one ninety-four. Yeah, there's a lot of good deals, actually. The, the sort of initial Black Friday sale was not that great there was like a lot of kind of big games but they were like 20 percent off kind of newer titles whereas um this is their end of year sale and it very much is like there's a lot of games like 90 percent off mm. like i'm sure sleeping dogs my old favorite is down to like two quid and stuff like that like there's a lot of really good prices on on good games yeah Just as Craig opens a can of Pepsi there, did you know that Probably. Elon Musk... Um, if he's messing with Pepsi, this means war. Well, <laughs> he's developed electric trucks, I believe. And I think I'm sure he has. in December he's like sending the first batch of them to Pepsi. For use, so I think they're. I mean, I've. Is it electric trucks as in they will drive themselves? Well, I think it's like a Tesla truck, basically. Oh, right, okay. But do you know what they've called it? 
Oh, God, what? A semi. Yes. I don't think he looked up Urban Dictionary before they decided to give it that title, but yeah. <laughs> the guy looks like a fucking Ken doll, do you know what I mean? He probably doesn't know what a semi is. Yeah, I imagine he's just, is I imagine he's just smooth down there. Yeah. That'll be us banned for Twitter. <laughs> Must not upset Elon. Yeah. Okay, wrap up news, wrap up time for a few other bits of news. So on Wednesday last week, Sony confirmed God of War Ragnarok has sold 5.1 million copies during its launch, making it the company's fastest selling first party title of all time. Pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. Insider Gaming reports a new AAA survival horror game in the Alien franchise is in development at an unknown studio and is scheduled for launch in holiday 2023. Interesting that that's never been shown off as well. I mean, Game Awards is coming up right enough, but like, mm. if it's scheduled for less than a year and it's not even been shown, that's quite yeah, cool. Yeah, you might want to get some marketing out on that one. Dark Fantasy Souls-like title Lies of P is apparently feature complete with the game entering the final stages of development according to director Chow Jiwon. Yep, why not? <laughs> Meaning an early 2023 launch is looking likely. This game looks really good, apart from the fact that it's going to be hard as fuck. Um, but it's coming to Game Pass Day 1, so we'll be able to try it out and then just yeah. quietly cry in the corner when it's too hard. Yeah. Okay. One. And lastly, Sega and Two Point Studios have announced Space Academy, the first major DLC for the management sim, and it's coming out on December 6th and will cost $8.99. Yep, so that's for Two Point Campus, I should have put that in there. Um, yeah, they were really good at releasing DLC for Two Point Hospital, so this is the first one of, I believe there's at least three or four planned uh, for Campus. So I, I mean, I have been to Space Camp, I don't need to play a simulator. But you should play Two Point because it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. But yeah, you would, you would smash this DLC being... Uh, Space Cadet yourself. Yep. I should give some context there. I did go to NASA when I was 15 as part of Space Camp. That's, yep, I did do that. 15 years old, shuttled off to America for Space Camp, (laughs) which sounds like a training ground for paedophiles. Listen, I met some astronauts. I got to Fucking watch. Bet you did. I got to watch Apollo thirteen in the mission control room where it actually happened in real life. Right. If I get one of Erin's dolls, you can point where you were touched <laughs> on the doll. Okay, that's all for this week. This week's news. Time for get in the bin. Johnny, did you put out the bin? I did. Yeah, I did. Get your little wheelie bin and push all of your rubbish in. You better hurry, don't be late. They'll soon be outside of your gate. Are the bin men coming? Are the bin men coming? As the cry of every woman. Will the okay, bin so this is today? the segment where we take suggestions and nominations for something to go in the imaginary bin. And this week up for nomination is... Andy, he's not here this week, but he's been nominated. Um, The comment from Brian says, I don't know what he was eating last week during recording, but that's bad form. Give him 10 lashes. 
Ten lashes. Yeah, so I do edit the podcast and I try to minimise any slurps, eating noises, but sometimes it, it slips and I apologise. However, Andy should also perhaps apologise for making the noises in the first place. Yeah, no, Brian's right. He shouldn't have been fucking eating. <laughs> I can't even remember what he was eating last week. I don't remember it. Skittles, no. it was Skittles, wasn't it? I, he shouldn't have been fucking eating. You should not eat when you're recording a podcast. <laughs> no. no. Um, El Pepe, he had a few nominations this week. So people sitting on their brakes at traffic lights. I think the issue for him was when you're sitting behind someone in a car, it's the, like the bright red uh-huh. lights yeah. especially it's, when it's a dark night like, yeah obviously. or if the vehicle is like slightly higher up and it's like right in your eye line that is a wee bit annoying um I'm, i think i'm bad for it though like i totally agree it's annoying as fuck but i think like quite often i just hit the brake rather than putting the, the handbrake hand on, on. Yeah. and so i'm probably contributing to this even though i totally agree it's annoying as fuck i just don't realize i'm doing it yeah i said to him as well i think sometimes i sit and i like as i'm waiting i'm listening to music and i like tap the pedal to the beat that would be really fucking annoying yeah and then i think oh shit is that lighting up behind me well yes it is is yeah, the answer yeah. why don't you just tap the clutch I'll note that for next time, yes. Right. Um, he also nominated his family, I think, for letting him down. Um, I know his family and they all deserve the bin. In the, their inability to arrange a stag do. Right. I mean, they're all bin worthy, every right. one of them. Okay. Him and all. You uh, nominated Taylor Swift fans. They got their knickers in a twist about a line in a Netflix show that said something like I can't remember like oh they go through as many men as Taylor Swift or something like that um, and then they all obviously jump to her defence and you well, know. they weren't happy because she goes through a lot of men they weren't happy at the People sort of saying she derogatory comment in the, in the line of the show Yeah, does she get about I? I don't know I'm not a, I'm not a Swifty I, I was about be. to say is it a Swifty <laughs> yeah Imagine with a Swifty. Yeah, I'm not one of them. So, uh, we also had Low Winter Sun. I can completely get on board with this. Yeah. I've crashed a car once. Sorry, I've never crashed a car. I crashed my van once. And it was because of a low sun. I couldn't see a fucking thing and I pulled out of a junction and absolutely fucking smashed into some women. Yeah, it is that time of year where on a nice winter's day where it's blue sky the sun is right there at four o'clock and you can't see a thing you literally sometimes just cannot see anything and i think the thing is like it probably annoys me more than most people because see by the time it gets to that i'm equally as angry that the sun's even there like it's not a low winter sun i'm like "Ah, it's fucking november why are you even here fuck off fucking summer Mm. and so it's like a double fucking pain for me. I really fucking... That's a good nomination, by the way. I fucking hate that. It really fucking does my tits in. It's triggered me, that one. Who was mm. it? Who nominated? Donnie. Donnie. Broken clock and all that. It's not often he's right, but... <laughs> he's, he's gained some wisdom since he entered the bin. Mm. I think I've been a good... I think I've been a good influence on him. Do you have anything me else to add this week? Me and Ryan. Uh, 
No, actually, nothing. there's nothing really that's pissed me off this week. I've been working too hard to be pissed off. I could burn my work, but I've done that. I'm on holiday. That was good. Pretty chipper. Uh, it's a bit of a light week. My, my vote goes for the low winter sun because it has the sun in it. If we take out the words low and sun, could we... I mean, I would be up for that. No... No, 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 no. I, I would. I mean, basically, I'm in, I'm saying low sun. As in, the the winter part's got nothing to do with it. Because like, sometimes you get a low sun. But it's because of the winter. That's my issue. I'm cold these days. Put the fucking heat on. I know, but then it messes with my skin. Put the heat off. But then I get cold. Put <laughs> jumper on. <laughs> Okay, low bit, low winter sun can go in the bin then, fine. Low winter sun, get the fucking bin. Right, so I'm up. Yeah, I'm gonna take my, um, I'm gonna put my feet up, and hand this one over to you. Do you not want a, an achievement for that trophy? No. No. Everybody else does. Right, so I've got two games this week. The first one is a game called Hat Up. I set you up there, and you just didn't even take it. What? I said I'm gonna put my feet up. I'm so tired, I still don't know what you mean. <laughs> and I thought you were going to go, well, I'm going to put my hat up. Right, okay. I st- I, you literally had to point that out to me there. Right. Uh, no. It's uh, not even funny, it's not even worth <laughs> It's not, that was <laughs> fucking terrible. Aye, uh, hat up. Well, you put your feet up. Uh, it's a 2D puzzle platformer. That is actually a little bit harder than a regular fare of easy platinums. Um, basically, the objective is you are like a wee munchkin guy and you have to pick up your hat and then exit through a door. Mm-hmm. And in typical video game fashion, this starts off very easy. Pick up the hat, go through the door. Next level, pick up the hat, jump over an obstacle. Go through the door. Next level, jump over two obstacles through a door. But it does start to get a little bit more difficult. It's it is quite precision based. There is a lot of like, oh, if you don't land on that one block, then you will fucking career to your death okay. at the spikes below. Um, there's also an interesting kind of mechanic where. So the hat can not fall off, but if you are so the the size of your character, I think a 2D Mario game, right? Uh, you're going left to right and see if you can just sneak through. If your hat gets caught on that block above, the hat will come off. Mm. But you have to have your hat on to leave. And so... Oh, so when you pick up the hat, you put it on your head? and then, aye, okay. on your head, and then you've got to get out with the hat on. Okay. Now, it won't, like I say, it won't just naturally fall off, but if you bang it off, like something when you're going through that's too high, uh, too low, sorry, then it will come off. And then in later levels as well, there'll be areas that are gated off that you have to get a key. So sometimes you'll have to like maybe pick up your hat, find a, an area where you can knock your hat off to then access a key, to then open another area, mm. to then go through the door. So there's 30 levels in total. I would say the first 20 odd are relatively easy, but towards the end it does get quite difficult. Like you're still, you're still only talking maybe like a three, three and a half out of ten difficulty, but I mean, 
if you are proper shit at platformers, you will struggle. Like there is like quite a few like perform a double jump and land on a pretty small square and then do the same again kind of thing. So there is a wee bit of frustration involved, but it's only three ninety nine, and you get if you're on PlayStation, you'll get both the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five versions. So you're talking two platinums for three ninety nine on bang, Xbox. Bang. Xbox, you'll just get the one thousand G smart delivery. Smart delivery, yeah. It works, but you only get 1,000 genes there too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say maybe it takes about 40 minutes. You could do it, I mean, you could probably do it in 20 minutes if you were fucking shit hot at these type of games, but I, I reckon you'll fail a wee bit. But good game, fun, fun 2D platformer. And the second game is Bleak Dystopia, which is another one of these games that we spoke of about a few of them recently, where there's like a someone's built a 3D world that you just walk about in and talk to people. Sounds bleak. Very bleak. <laughs> but there is snow in it, so perhaps a Christmas game. Um, it's only one ninety nine, and you'll get a platinum in about fifteen minutes. You just walk up. There's forty people yet in the world you have to walk around and talk to. So. For the sake of saving time, maybe pull up a guide so you can see where everyone is in case, because you'll end up missing one person, no, know who it is. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm still fascinated by these games because it's like a, it's a sort of half open world. I mean, it's small, obviously, but someone's had to create these streets and these buildings and these, and I just don't understand. I want to look into where this makes sense for someone to spend the time making all of that to then just sell a game for one ninety nine. Like, I can only assume, like I said before, that there must be, they must be, like, freeware assets that they've used and they've not actually built it or something because it just doesn't make any sense. It's not like the graphics are next-gen level or anything like that, but it looks decent enough. And it just, to me, like... Would you not just put a little bit more into it and sell it for a fiver or seven pound? Or it just doesn't. Something about it doesn't add up to me. But in in the absence of that, you can get a, a platinum in about fifteen minutes for two quid. Thank you, as always, for delivering us over one hundred of these games now. We over. Because sometimes you sometimes you treat us to more than one. So yeah, we shall now move to our Christmas movie section. So we, for the month of December, will be reviewing Christmas movies. Die Hard 2 is the first up. This was released in 1990, the year of my birth. A good year. Yep. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice, Craig? Well, that is something that John McClane does uh, pose to himself. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Because the first one did so well, they thought, fuck this, let's do another one. Yeah, pretty much. Straight away. Yeah, it's very much in the sort of Home Alone vibe, which, interestingly, like... Sort of was like the two years preceding it. So like you had Die Hard in eighty eight, and then Die Hard two in nineteen ninety. You had Home Alone in nineteen ninety, Home Alone two in nineteen ninety two. Really quick turnarounds, and yeah, they do. 
it's it's a, it's a very similar plot in a different area, isn't it? Yeah. So this follows the story of John McLean picking up his wife at the airport at Christmas time. Um, however, some baddies, some baddies come and yes, put a stop on things. But John McLean gets involved, even though he's not supposed to, and saves the day. It's just lucky he's there. Really, he, not that he gets much fucking thanks for it. No, he doesn't. Fuck me! See that cop? He is a little tit, isn't he? Every McLean's like that. I've been right the last ten times I've said something here. Shut it, Porky! And that cop's like, that. nah, nah. You're the terrorist, McLean. You're the terrorist. <laughs> you know that. He's fucking saved your ass for the first seventy minutes of this film. Shut up, mate! And it's right at the very end that the guy's like. Hey, okay, you seem like you're alright. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, so let's start at the beginning then. So, before, even before that, you get the Die Hard title screen. And it just, I think it really ages the film even then because it's very much like word art from the 90s. Yeah. Remember Clippy? Yes. Yeah. I, I recall Clippy. Yeah. He was a good lad. It's basically like I'm sure I'm sure you could have you could make that like font. Yeah, it's it's, it's very like blue basic, with a shadow diehard too. Um It's very basic. Yeah. And then the the film does sort of open with some some naked yoga. Or like karate. I'm not really sure what he's doing, but he's in his it's the baddie. I forget his name, sorry. Yeah, the the <laughs> naked yoga. Was there any trivia on that? Like why no. I didn't get that. Because it was such a strange inclusion, wasn't it? I mean, I think it was just to show this guy's fucking mental. He's so mental that he will sit in a hotel room and do naked yoga kung fu. I think he was just probably gearing himself up for the... But he wasn't expecting a fight. He was expecting to just take this by force. Like, it's not like he was like, oh shit, John McLean might be at this airport. I should probably limber up. I think he just, I think it was just probably to sort of cement the fact this guy's a fucking mentor. Mm. And it worked, to be fair. He was pretty ripped, the guy. I did like, this is obviously early, early, quite early on in the film, but um, when you, the first time you see Holly, John's wife, and she's in the plane, and you realise that the journalist is also in the plane with her. And so he starts freaking out, because he's like, I've got a restraining order against her. She can't be here. I can't be within 50 feet, 50 yards <laughs> of this woman. I, dem- I demand to go to first class, and they're like, fuck off, mate. Because they've been, they've been in the plane with this guy for 10 minutes, the sh- air stewardesses, and they're like, ah, this guy's a fucking tit. And so... They, the air stewardess comes over to Holly and she's like, what What did you do? And she was like, I fucking punched him and knocked his teeth out. And they're like, would you like some champagne? And so for the whole <laughs> yeah. rest of the flight, she's like down in champagne because they're so happy that somebody's nailed this guy. Yeah. I think I asked you, and I'll pose this question to the, the audience as well, like, I think, it, to be fair, it was after we watched I Heard One, but I said, like, who do you think's the biggest prick? Who were the three people I gave you? Ah, so this was from Die Hard 1, so it was Thornburg, it was the police captain, so the one that's dealing with, the one that's like dealing with negotiations outside. Mm -hmm. But before the FBI guys come. Yeah. I can't remember his name. The captain, yeah. 
And the third one was... Alice. Alice. And I said Alice. It's got to be Alice. Yeah, like, and then I think also when you take into Die Hard 2 into consideration the, the police officer as well that's... Aye, he's a fucking tube. The, yeah. I get, but again, it's because they follow... They followed what worked. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting that, like, these days, like, a lot of the things that get flung about is, oh, there's nothing new. There's nothing new in Hollywood these days. Everything's recycled. Mm-hmm. It's not like it used to be. And part of that is true, but also part of that is that at times back then, they just went, that worked, photocopy it, and let's make more money. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like, I love Die Hard too. Like, we watched Die Hard on Sunday and then Die Hard 2 on Monday, like, back-to-back, and I was just giddy the whole time because I fucking love the films and I associate... What I'll, the only time I'll watch either of those films is when the tree's up. So it's like a yearly tradition that I'll watch both of those films and I fucking look forward to it all year. But there's no denying that they are very, very similar. Yeah, I mean, this... Did outgross the original by nearly double. Really? Yeah. That's surprised. And I'm pretty sure I've not written it down, but I'm pretty sure I read that out of them all, this was the highest grossing. I think. To be fair, that probably does make sense because when Die Hard, the original Die Hard, came out, it was very much not expected to be a smash hit. Like it was almost like I remember watching like the making of and like it was very much a joke that Bruce Willis had got the role. Uh, He wasn't even on the front cover of the And then removed him from the front cover. Yeah, the posters and stuff like that. They thought it was gonna tank and like people were laughing in the cinema when the trailer was on and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it was there was a lot of concern that holy shit, this is not gonna be fucking good. Mm -hmm. And I think that to a certain extent would have carried forward, even though with a good word of mouth like through when it was on the cinema so you'll probably have found with the first film that a lot of people sort of like experienced it first like on VHS mm. when it came out and so I feel like by the time Die Hard 2 came out like enough time had passed that people were like that first film was fucking excellent this is going to be amazing and while I love Die Hard 1 and 2 like Die Hard 1 is a much better film like to me yeah yeah, probably. And I love Die Hard too. Like I'm not, I'm not knocking the film. Like I absolutely love it. Like I probably love it more than most. But I, the first film to me is one of the greatest action films ever made. Yeah, I think. Granted, and the second one is a sequel. To you that. can poke holes in the first one, but I feel like you can poke a lot more holes in the second one mm-hmm. in terms of plot. You're like, why did they do this? How does you know? I mean, like, there's, there's not as many iconic moments in the second one. There's no. not like a. I don't know, like, see when John McClane sends the the gun down the the lift and he's got a ho-ho-ho and he's got the, dressed up with a Christmas hat and stuff mm-hmm. like that on. Like, I don't know, that's... Like, we've got a pop figure of that. Yeah. The Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, what would the equivalent of that be in Die Hard 2? Where's, where's the pop figure from an iconic moment from Die Hard 2? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's not to say it's not a great film, it's a great film. As is the third one, by the way. But... It's not on the same level, I wouldn't say. And so to me, that makes sense that word would have got around about the first one. So Fever Pitch would have hit for the second one. The second one, brilliant film, but was probably seen as a slight bit of a disappointment after the first one. And so because of that, the third one wasn't as big 
as the second one. Yeah. One thing I thought when I was watching this last night, so like I say, we watch Die Hard and Die Hard 2 every Christmas. Consider them Christmas films. If you don't, you're a fucking psychopath. Turn the podcast off. But the third one, I would watch at any point during the year. I also think the third one is a cracking film as well. Uh, Samuel Jackson's excellent in it. Great film. How many other franchises have three films in a trilogy that are that level of quality? It can't be that common. Like, instantly I was just thinking of, like, sort of, like, the same time scale, like, late 80s, early 90s, and I was like, oh, Beverly Hill Cop. Like, and I love the Beverly Hill Cop trilogy. absolutely love it. But I do concede that the third one with Wonder World is a step down from the first two. I still love it, but it's quite a step down. Whereas I would say that Die Hard 1, 2, and 3 maintain a seriously high standard. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one of other... I mean, it's maybe more common now because you look and you go, right, I don't know, fucking, it's not my bag, but Lord of the Rings or mm. there was fucking 83 Harry Potter films that were all pretty good. And... The Dark Knight, Spider-Man. <sighs> Dark Knight, yeah, Dark Knight trilogy. Toy Story. Again, because Disney just keep fucking making films. Like I say, it's probably <laughs> more common now. But I, still, I don't know, like especially maybe for that time period, I feel like you used to get like... By the time it came to the third one, it would be a serious drop-off and usually a different cast. Whereas I feel like it maintained a seriously high level of quality through three films. Mm. But maybe it's more common than I'm thinking. I don't know. I just it's just something that kind of came to mind. Um, another, like, I know you were saying about like a lot more sort of things you could pick at in this film and one of the things I don't know why it's never really jumped out at me before but there's a scene where uh, John is in I think he's in like a small plane or something like he's in like a cockpit and the baddies all know he's there and somehow don't know where they found them but they found fucking 114 grenades and managed to pull the pin on every single one of them and they just keep lobbing grenades in the window mm-hmm. with alarming accuracy and so he's sitting there and there's just these grenades just bang, 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 all landing round about him and grenades when you pull up in and then you fling it like they go off after like fucking five seconds I've played Call of Duty right <laughs> but these grenades they fucking land and he's like hmm and he's looking around and there's like 15 grenades all around him he's like hmm yeah hmm and time stands fucking still and then he looks around, looks around, looks around, sees an ejector seat, gets in the ejector seat, takes time to read the pamphlet, to fucking buckle himself buckle in, himself in yeah. presses the button, and then, of course, as he shoots out into the air, that's when it blows up, and I'm like, nah, not having that. Those, those <laughs> grenades would have went... I, I get why it's been done. It's been done for dramatic effect. It's a film, but those grenades would have went off way before that. And that stood out to me. Okay, so normally we rate movies in pies, scotch pies, but since it's seasonal... Mince pies. Mince pies it is. So 
how many mince pies are you going to give Die Hard 2? Now, bearing in mind, this is usually we rate it in like shit films, but... Yeah, but obviously over the Christmas period, we're going to be covering good films. I would... Like I said, I don't think it's as good as Die Hard 1, but it's still five mince pies for me. It's five mince pies for me as well. I enjoyed it. And it's also five mince pies from the audience oh. as well. 69% of the go- the vote. Hey-o. Um Was five pies, 19% gave it four, 13% gave it three, unfortunately. Oh, I thought it was going to go five, four, three, two, one. And it sort of does, but the way this um, little voting thing we've got, it's not done it that way, but nobody gave it one or two. Really? Yeah, so five, four, three, two, one it is. That's cool. Six to nine, eh? <laughs> so next week, Craig? Next week, we have already sort of announced the films we're going to do over Christmas, mm-hmm. so we've still got Batman, Returns, Gremlins, and Home Alone 2. And I think next week we're going to go stick on the two bandwagon oh. and we'll go for Home Alone 2 next Home week. Home Alone 2. Get it watched, send us your mince pie, send us your thoughts, and we might give you a shout-out. And hopefully... Previous listener of the week, Callum, (laughs) is going to watch it for the first time in his life and report back. Yes, please. I would very much like to know what he thinks. I've I've put pressure on him now. I feel like he's going to have to watch. It's only 90 minutes, for fuck's sake. And it's an absolute classic. (laughs) Like, I feel like I, I just... I've never met anyone that didn't like Home Alone 1 or 2. So, even without the nostalgia... I think he'll appreciate it. Let's hope so. Report back, Cal. Let us know. Yes. Moan. Moan. Okay, as always, and this week is no different, we are going to leave you with a pick of the week. Yep, this week I flung it over to Twitter, stuck up a poll, and the options were as follows. Marvel Midnight Suns, Need for Speed Unbound, Soccer Story or the Callisto Protocol. Unsur- well, maybe not unsurprisingly, Callisto Protocol 1. It's a game that we are very excited for. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Very, It's made by a guy that made Dead Space, and it looks pretty fucking phenomenal. But it's the, it's the studio's first game, so whether it lives up to the hype, don't know. But it does look fucking excellent. And so it got 72% of the votes... Um, Marvel Midnight Suns got 10 Soccer Story got 9.3 and Need for Speed got 8% so a big one for Callisto Protocol it's, it's what I would have chose to be fair I think it's it's the biggest game this week by quite a landslide I just want to give a special mention though to a game called The Outbound Ghost which is a title that uh, Deadbeat Punk made me aware of it's a kind of pa- it looks a bit like Paper Mario uh, it's made by a, a very small team. This guy's first game looks really charming, really cool. It's an RPG, and so that came to Steam, I think, in September. But the console release was uh, scheduled for further down the line, and so last week they announced that that comes out uh, on the thirtieth. So it'll actually be out as of the time you're listening to this. It's £15 on Steam, so I assume it'll be the same on consoles, although I haven't got that confirmed. But it's one to look out for. I'd say check a trailer. It looks really cool. Um, 
And yeah, like I say, it's it's a small. It might even be a one a one dev team, but it's a small team anyway. Um, making their first game, so I would I would recommend checking that out. Support support the devs. Okay, thank you very much. And yeah, that is all for this week's. Thanks once again for listening to us for a hundred weeks in a row. If you have done so from the very beginning, it's a punishment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll look forward to chatting to you again next week about all things games. Touch bye. Bye.